What's up, y'all? It's P. Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. The show was delayed because, listen, this is a six-day work week for B. And B is fucking tired. So, I had to take a little bit of a rest. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I said I was going to do a show. And a show there will be. But before I even get into what I'm here to talk about, please follow me. At DB Dangerous on Instagram and Twitter. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, as well as this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Go follow that on Spotify whenever pod- podcasts are available. Now, the big ass elephant in the room is why I'm here at 3 36 a.m. recording a show right now. But before I get into that, Boston survives Miami. And they didn't get swept, so they can break the broom. Yeah, they have literally one more time to let Miami win and their asses are out of here. But they don't mind as long as they didn't get swept like another team that I'm going to talk about right the hell now. So the Lakers did what they do best. They started off 2-10, pushed their way into the playoff picture as a play-in team, went through the first two rounds of the, of the playoffs, got to the conference finals where they faced a real team in Denver. And what the fuck did Denver do? Bitch slapped them out of the misery and swept them out of the NBA conference finals. By two goddamn points. Two points. They had a lead. They had many opportunities to win in this series. But then when you revert back to the same lead blowing, hairline missing, coach hurt not on the top of your damn head, ass team that you were in the first damn place, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? And I roasted and I cooked about this on my page if you follow me on Facebook. I avoided nothing. And I knew that I was saving my absolute worst for this show. But let's just get into this real quick. So, the Joker had the most... Wait, hold on. Oh, triple doubles... In a postseason, which is eight. So he had thirty he had thirty points, fourteen rebounds, thirteen assists. Jamal Murray had twenty-five points. Le swept had forty points. AD had a twenty and fourteen night. Okay. But you didn't do shit but revert to what you were before. And that's what I'm used to. And the craziest thing about this is I've seen the show before. The Lakers have gotten swept in the conference finals before. And that happened in 1999 with the Spurs. Excuse me. Swept them clean out of the great Western form and into Staples Center. So trust me, B has seen the show before. So if you think I should be absolutely shocked and clutch my pearls, I'm sorry to tell you, this is not the show for you to listen to. So go ahead. Turn around. Especially if you think I'm going to break down. I interviewed a goddamn broom, for God's sakes. 
even though the sound cut off on a damn video, and I know I got to do another video eventually, but anyway, I did a whole interview with a broom. Since y'all want to talk about sweep, sweep, sweep so bad, bet. Let's interview this broom and see what this broom has to say. And the crate... What gets me about this whole season is I knew that winning, actually winning, was not on the list of the Lakers thing to do. What this team actually focused on was his personal records. Being the all-time leading scorer, turning on all goes, and letting him just do his thing, break personal records left and right. It looks like you were solidifying yourself or were trying to make this team work. Yes, Rob made the moves that he needed to make for them to even get in the position that they got in. But literally, this season's focus was focused on absolutely nothing but Lehem and making sure that he went down as, quote-unquote, the greatest ever. But you got swept three times. Three times in your career. 2007, 2018, and in 2023. Yes, my husband got swept in 1999, and it's, wait, 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 I just said this, in 2013 before, but he was hurt, so I don't know if that counts, but the Lakers still got swept by San Antonio. And what this really tells me is that everything was all good. The Lakers can lose by two points. They can drop games out the asses. But they made sure that Latwat got his records broken because that was your priority over actually winning. And I shouldn't be shocked by that one little bit because people expect Laker fans to be so hurt, so broken, so this, so that, when in reality, most of us stand in this loss like we do every other damn loss. Check on these apologists, Latois fans, and extremists. Please talk to them about what they should be doing. Because it's always all good. Boston can lose. The Suns can lose. Memphis can lose. Um, Hold on. Memphis can lose. Pretty much all the premier teams can, can get out of the playoffs. Golden State can lose. And it's all good. Everyone's laughing, pointing, trolling. But the second the Lakers get swept, I'm sorry, the first, the second, the twat team gets swept. That's when, oh, it's a shame how a black man is hated on it. You wouldn't have failed so bad. He's the perfect husband, the perfect father. And he gives back to the community. What can Jordan do? What did Kobe do? And literally, it's the same fucking playbook. The Twat fans go by the same fucking playbook year after year after year. And a lot of them can dish it out. Ain't got no problems dishing it out. But when it's time for when it's time for you to bend over and take it, suddenly it's a problem. Mm-mm. No. Have the same fucking energy that you had when this was KD losing or Steph Curry losing or Joel Embiid losing. But... Like I said, that's not up for me to decide. We know how the Twat fans are. 
And I told y'all y'all was gonna get exactly what you exactly what they deserved. And from this Laker fan, I'm not ashamed of this season whatsoever. But when the lights are on bright, and you got you got Mr. Joker over here shitting on you and R. Kelly in your face, and all you did was smile and ask for more. That was the damn series. And Denver absolutely deserved it. They absolutely deserved to win. Because the Lakers made it clear. Clear. That it's not their time. And the excuses are pouring in. Latwat was tired. AD was fragile. Funny thing is, they did what they were supposed to do. They got their stats. They went home. And I'm not the Laker fan that you can bump into and I'll go away in a fucking wheelchair like somebody else on my team. I stand in all losses. I interviewed a broom on Facebook. And you get absolutely no passes whatsoever. So... I'm relieved that the Lakers are out of the playoffs because I don't have to keep doing fucking shows because B is tired, absolutely tired. So, yay, you got fucking swept. But it's not going to stop me from showing my ass. It never has and it never fucking will. But let's move on because I've spent enough time on them sweeping motherfuckers. So Carmelo Anthony announces his retirement after 19 years. Melo's always been a player, like, he's been, like, an enduring figure, so to speak. Out of the entire 2003 draft class, everyone, I like Melo genuinely because he seemed like a, he seemed like a good dude, you know what I mean? He could play his ass off. Everybody had high expectations for him, D-Wade, and somebody else. And even though Melo, he, of course, was a scorer. You know what I'm saying? He could score at any time of the game. But let's just be real here. Melo's ego seemed to get the better of him. Because if he wasn't the centerpiece or star player of the team, it was an issue for him. Because he felt like he was better than being relegated to the bench, especially when he got older. Like, yes, we know you're one of the greatest scorers to ever play the game. But when it's time for you to know your role, you got to put that ego to the side and do what you have to do to help your team win. And it was just, things just got sad after a while. Like, let's say after the next years, he chose the money over winning. And that's always going to be a recipe for disaster in itself. Because the worst thing you can do in a situation like that is really show what you made of. Like, we get being loyal to a certain degree to a franchise that you want to win a championship for. But at the end of the day, basketball is a business. And you have to make good decisions for you, for your career, and you as a player. Because (laughs) your reputation is everything. And while I have absolutely no problem with Melo whatsoever, watching his decline was just impeccably sad. It really was. But you can't take anything away from what he accomplished in his career. 
and I hope he enjoys his retirement. And the only person left from the 2003 draft class is the man on the Lakers. Also, also, let me see. I know I wrote this down somewhere on here. So after this sweep, Latois doesn't know what he is going to do. And he doesn't know if he wants to stay in L.A. Leave. Take your stands. Take your dirty panties with you. Take your extremists with you. Everything that you came with, take it off my fucking team and leave. Because that could be the absolute greatest thing that you could do. People expected us to go up your ass and give you a daily colonoscopy when you came to the Lakers. But when things didn't turn out that way and you didn't win off the bat. And you did more losing than winning. What the fuck do you think we're going to do? I didn't want him in the first place. Don't want him now. So if you decide to leave, I support it fully. Get your ass on. Take your ass on. Take your babies. Take your sexy ass wife. And go. Because we've had quite enough of him to last us an entire damn lifetime. And you will never touch Kobe's impact on the Lakers. Ever. That's what I have to say about that. But let's move on. Let's move on. Let's see what else we got here. Oh. Some little NFL news. So I was doing something yesterday. And I seen... Like, you know how when you are in the middle of something or scrolling on your phone and then one of your sports alerts come through and you see a certain name, you're like, oh, goodness, what's this? Well, when I seen Tom Brady sl- pop up on my phone, I'm Lord, here the hell we go. What is Tom Brady doing now? Please don't say you're you about to unretire again because that ship has clearly sailed. Like, we've had enough Tom Brady as well. But no, that's not what it said. Tom Brady is now the majority older owner of the Raiders. I'm like, oh, it's, that's an interesting choice. Because we know that the Raiders are one of the more, more revered franchises in NFL history. Yes, I know about Just Win Baby. I know about the Super Bowls. I know about Marcus Allen, Uncle Al, Bo Jackson, Lyle Alzado. The list can go on. So we I don't even have enough time to talk about that, the Raiders in themselves. But anyway... To see how Tom Brady is going to work in ownership, hmm, it's a little shocking that he chose the Raiders, but money is money. Because I would have expected him to somehow work out a deal to become a quote-unquote majority owner for the damn Patriots. That's what I would have expected. Or even get a little bit of stake in the Bucks. But the Raiders? Hmm. Okay, well, well, let me calm the hell down because I felt the same way when Michael was the owner of the damn Wizards, and I didn't know why he chose the Wizards of all teams. He could have done a lot other better things to do with it, with his money than attempt to help that team out, and he did all he could, but one thing about him is Michael was going to work his ass off until the answer became yes. And he's absolutely done that. So the same might apply to Tom Brady. So if he wants to try his hand in ownership, hey, be my guest, do what you do, get your money. But the Raiders of all teams, that's going to make you go gray and lose your damn hair, if nothing else will. But let's get to the WNBA. 
So we had the Mystics play the Connecticut Sun. The Sun beat beat the Mystics 80 to, 80 to 74. Miss Della Don, been a fan of her since she was with the Sky, had 19 points, let's see, 11 rebounds and two blocks. Miss Alyssa Thomas for the Sun had 14 points, six rebounds, six assists, one steal, two blocks. Full stat line. Absolutely respect that. Then we had the New York Liberty play the Indiana Fever. The Liberty won 90-73. Miss Brianna Stewart had 45 points, which is most in Liberty history. And that was actually kind of shocking to me because I'm like, I could have sworn that somebody had broke that record before then. Like, maybe even Rebecca Lobo or Teaspoon. You know what I'm saying? Like, those caliber players, like, I would expect that from. But I'm like, that was really the most in Liberty history? That's crazy. That's crazy because I never really thought about that. Or put it into perspective, I should say. But Brianna Stewart is an absolute beast. She is more underrated than she absolutely should be. And that was actually a cool performance. And Nalissa Smith scored 16 points and 12 rebounds there. Then we had the Chicago Sky play the Phoenix Mercury. The Sky won 75-69. Miss Courtney Williams had 12 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists. Brittany Griner had a monster game. 27, 10, and 4 blocks. Yo, I support it fully. And to see her balling again on home soil is always a good thing. But the, the Mercury started 0-2. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. Like, listen, the season just started. You know what I'm saying? So it's really too soon to tell what a team is going to be like in certain aspects. The WNBA season is nowhere near as long as the NBA season. So I can't really judge the Phoenix Mercury at this stage. But if you start off 0-2, for their standards, that's a little bit... What's the word I'm looking for? That's a little worrisome. Because you're used to winning. Because there are some WNBA teams that are used to winning. The Phoenix Mercury have always been a relevant team in the WNBA. Like, even from the early years. You know what I mean? So, y'all gotta start picking up the pace, getting to a rhythm. Because it's easy for Griner to score 27, get double-doubles, blocks out the ass, this and that, get dunks. But listen, you know what it takes to win. You've won a WNBA championship before. Hell, I believe you won too. <coughs> Excuse me. But yo, get this shit two and together. Because it's still a long season ahead of you. And I really want to see what the Las Vegas Ve- Las Vegas Las Vegas Aces are gonna do because I want to get out there to see a game this season as well. But yes, that is the WNBA side of things. Wanted to cover some ladies sports. Also, we have some sad news. Out of the football and wrestling world. Rest in peace to Mr. Jim Brown and to superstar Billy Graham. Let's just start with Jim Brown first. This man was an activist. He was an actor. Also, he was the greatest Cleveland Brown in history. For someone to lead the NFL Eight times in rushing it in nine seasons. 
is fucking insane. Like, if you really look into perspective what his career was and the time that he had, it's nothing short of incredible. Because obviously, times were different back in the 50s and the 60s. And the reason why he retired is he was acting. He was doing his acting, and that was conflicting with football. So pretty much he announced his retirement on the set of a movie, and Mr. Art Modell did not like that. But he had other things that he wanted to pursue beyond football, which I completely understand. And as a three-time MVP, and seeing how many, how much yards he racked up in the time that he did, it's crazy. Because Jim Brown was an absolute beast. And people still hold him in very high regard today. He's one of the NFL's founding fathers, for real, for real. And he was the one player that helped the Browns win their NFL championship before the Super Bowl. And while I am absolutely not anybody's Browns fan by any stretch of the imagination, I do respect greatness. And when I think about the Cleveland Browns, he would have been the first one I thought about first. So it's been a little bit rough over here because people, older people I should say, are saddened by this, especially when they watch Jim Brown in their prime. The last time the Lakers, I'm still thinking about the fucking Lakers. The last time the Browns won, my uncle just turned 18 and I think he had just graduated high school at the time. But this is absolutely no shade. Jim Brown was the greatest Cleveland Brown to ever play. And his impact is clearly felt still to this day, and his legend will never die. Now on to Mr. Superstar Billy Graham. He was a wrestler, and he was the original Hulk Hogan, so to speak. Like, if you look at Billy Graham's promos, the way he dressed, the way he wore his hair, the way his physique looked, you can clearly see where Hulk Hogan got his influence from. And he always gave credit to superstar Billy Graham. And he was always a polarizing figure in the wrestling world. I won't say that he was as big as Ric Flair, but that was a different generation, though. We'll say superstar Billy Graham's peers were Nick Bockwinkle or, wait, wait, wait. Dusty, a little bit of Dusty Rhodes. We had Jake the Snake back in the day. Like, things like that. And wrestlers like that, I'm like, they would fall into the same category, I would say. But Superstar Billy Graham, I believe, was 79 when he passed away. And Jim Brown was 87. So both of these men absolutely lived their lives to the fullest. They dedicated themselves to their craft. And they made sure that you were going to be entertained while doing what they love to do at the same time. So rest in peace to absolutely both legends. Let's see. Do we have anything else to talk about? And the crazy thing is, I almost forgot to talk about this. Thankfully, I was able to scroll and see that. See that. Oh, crap. I got to talk about Jim Brown and Billy Graham, too. So, yes. Absolutely had to talk about them. And it is 4 o'clock in the damn morning. And I'm about to take my ass back to sleep because I have to be back at work at 10 o'clock. So, for those who keep listening to the shows and keep running the listens up. I always thank you guys so very much for your love and your support for Be Dangerous, for Dangerous Sports Talk, for helping me grow my brand and my passion to get my voice out there. You guys are fucking amazing. I love you guys so very much. Please 
follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DB Dangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, and this very podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. And I am out of here. Peace.